This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for December 7th, 2014. The Gospel is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Well, we come today to the second Sunday of Advent. The word Advent itself means coming. It comes from the Latin word adventus, and so it means coming. And, and that's really what is the whole theme of this time. It's a time where Christians await the coming. Now, who are we waiting to come? <laughs> I worry that's what we teach people, but that's not who it was. Jesus, yes, we're waiting for Jesus to come. Now, an awful lot of what happens is that we tend to prepare for his coming at Christmas. You know, the baby Jesus is born in the manger. And it takes pretty much about 98% of all the attention of it. But that's not really the primary focus of Advent, believe it or not. It's a focus of Advent, but it's not the primary one. Um, Because if you think about it, what we prepare for in the coming of Christ at Christmas is a remembrance of an event that's already happened. You know, we're, we're, we're celebrating his birthday, if you will, and, and remembering when G- God became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's a good thing to do. But there's another coming that is what Advent is also focused on, that because he came once, we know that he will come again to judge the living and the dead at the end of time. And that's often called the second coming. And, and so it's really the second coming that is the primary focus. And you see it in the lessons that we read. There's a lot about that. And we talked about, Mother Nancy was talking about the candles. You remember how the first candle is uh, the, the candle of hope. And if you remember from last week's gospel lesson, the, the main theme, the word that came out of that was watch. Watch. And we watch because we expect someone to come. And if we expect someone to come, meaning Jesus, then that should give us hope. Unfortunately, I'm not sure that people think about it that way. How many of you have actually read the book of Revelation? Pretty good, not too bad. Um, A lot of people don't read the book of Revelation. How many of you understood the book of Revelation? (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) A lot of people, you know, they think of that book and they think that just is too harsh and gloomy and scary and weird and stuff. But in reality, it's supposed to be a book about hope. You know, it's not supposed to be scary at all. It's supposed to be good news. And, and unfortunately, too many people have gotten a hold of it who like to preach on it and use it to get more people to come into the church by scaring the bejeebers out of you, um, that they, it's turned into this terrible thing. Matter of fact, the actual word for it isn't revelation. The actual word is the apocalypse of John. Now, if I say to you the word apocalyptic, what do you think? Is it a good word? Remember that movie Apocalypse Now? I mean, it's like doom destruction, you know, or that old country tune, doom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, endless misery. Um, hmm? <laughs> so we, we tend to think of Revelation that way, and it does have a lot of plagues in it and these terrible things that are happening. Anybody here seen the movie Left Behind? They have a new one coming out. I don't know if you know they're not. Ben Affleck's going to be in it. Um, 
It's going to take more than Ben Affleck to make that movie a good theology. <laughs> While it was a decent read, it was terrible theology. It has very little to do with Revelation. It's what a lot of people want Revelation to say. And it really changed a lot of things that are in the book. But all those plagues and those you know, four horsemen of the apocalypse and all these scary things that are happening, they're actually not meant for us. They're meant for the people who aren't Christian. Now, do you remember in Exodus when Moses was called by God and he went to Pharaoh? And what did he say to Pharaoh? Let my people go. And Pharaoh said, I will do that. So what did Moses tell him was going to happen? He's going to get plagues. Now, why was he going to get plagues, though? Maybe he was going to try to convince him a little bit. <laughs> encourage him to you know, think about this a little more seriously. You know, and, and that's really what it was. And if, if after the very first plague, if Pharaoh go, okay, okay, I'll let him go, that's fine. How many plagues would there have been? Just one. So it was Pharaoh's stubbornness. Well, the plagues that are in Revelation are supposed to remind us of that. Yes, there will be all these horrible things that are happening, not because God is you know, mad and trying to get people, but because he wants them to realize, wake up. I mean, we're getting to the end here, folks. You know, you're rapidly coming to that point where there's a point of no return. You know, you can't change your mind afterwards. You need to do it now. It's serious. And so he's trying to get them to, to notice. So even the plagues and things are good news. Because it's trying to get people to take God seriously. But that's really not how the book ends. I mean, it's fascinating how it ends. Because as it goes on, finally everything builds up and there's this big battle that finally comes to culmination. And it's at a place called Megiddo, or Armageddo, from which we get the word Armageddon. Um, and Armageddon is a, a fort that was in Israel, in the Jezreel Valley, and it's on a hill. And so you had uh, hills to the west and hills to the east, and it says that the devil will gather all the people who support him in his ways to the west and his army, and Jesus will gather all the saints who have died and everyone on the west and his army, and Jesus will be there on the white horse, and they're all standing there poised, ready to go into battle, just like in you know, the Lord of the Rings or something. And, and then um, Jesus you know, is there, and, and what happens? Anybody see the movie? What happened in the movie? Remember nuclear bombs going off and artillery and tanks and all this stuff. is huge battle. People were shooting all over the place. All this stuff. That doesn't happen though. What happens is Jesus is there on his white horse and he goes, I win. And he does. Which calls us back to Genesis where God looked out upon the void and said, let there be light. And what happened? There was. You see, there didn't have to be some huge fight because God is God. He just has to decide and say it is so and it will be so. You know, Isaiah says in another place, he says, um, then what we were talking about in the gospel today, he says, my words that come forth from my mouth shall not return to me empty. Meaning that when I speak, things happen. And that's what happens. Jesus says, we win. And what happens to evil and sin? The devil and all those people. They're cast into the lake of fire and annihilated forever. And what happens to the sky 
and the earth. 